0: Hey, this is Jen Johans of FilmIntuition.com or Film Intuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch with Jen and Friends. If Watch with Jen is the studio track, this is the acoustic version. Today's guest is Nell Minow. An insightful, articulate, and highly readable film critic, as well as a lawyer, Nell Minow has reviewed more than 3,000 films online since 1995. An editor and critic at RogerEbert.com, every week Nell reviews new releases on radio stations across the United States and at her site, MovieMom.com, which I've linked to in this post author of both The Movie Mom's Guide to Family Movies and the book 101 Must-See Movie Moments, which she was kind enough to send me a few months back and I absolutely loved, I'm honored to speak to her today. How are you doing now and how are you adapting to quarantine life? <laughs>
1: uh, I'm doing just fine. I, you know, the rest of the world uh, is uh, is a, a crazy and worrying and scary, but I'm in my favorite place with my favorite person, and we have lots of books and movies and music and food, so I feel like we're on a little honeymoon.
0: That's wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> it's always good when you have enough entertainment options. All those Definitely. books you thought you were going to get to, and now it's like I I, I, I do have it. to tell you, Jen. I
1: if you had asked me a month ago what I would do if I suddenly had time on my hands and was feeling healthy and all that, I would have said, oh, I have this wonderful, you know bunch of books and movies i'm not doing any of that uh what i'm doing like everybody else in america i'm baking bread i've been i've made like six (laughs) different kinds of bread uh and soup i've been making a lot of soup but also i seem to be revisiting a lot of old favorites both with movies and with books uh that seems to be sort of i'm sort of in the comfort food mode uh literally and metaphorically so i have been watching a lot of turner classic movies as i always do uh so i've seen some new old movies but i haven't seen much in terms of new new movies
0: hey i love turner classic movies (laughs) and now we're going to have that festival at home so that'll be good Yes, that looks
1: like it will be a lot of fun uh and we'll be able to see highlights of some of their past festivals i've always wanted to go to the turner classic movies festival but it's around the same time as ebert fest so i've never been able to go and so i'm looking forward to seeing some of the highlights of their past festivals
0: Yeah, that'll be good. So how has this changed your weekly workload? (laughs) Well, uh, let me think for a minute.
1: Uh, Obviously, all the movies that are theatrical releases are not coming out. And so I uh, when I did a review of the Trolls movie, I was like, now, how do I write a review again? I have (laughs) to really think about it Uh, because it had been a couple of weeks. Um, So. In that respect, there's a lot less. But on the other hand, I've been having a lot of fun doing lists. I've done six so far of great movies to watch at home with the family. I've done general lists. I've done a list of movies about kids playing chess. I've done a list of kids and sports, kids and pets, including cats, dogs, horses, and birds. Uh, And I've got a bunch more coming up. So I always seem to have a good time with things to write about.
0: You are psychic because I was going to say now that kids are home 24 seven with the shelter in place and school closures, I'm seeing a lot of parents on Twitter that are introducing their kids to like classic movies. What are some films you'd recommend to parents to show their children and teens to get them interested in film?
1: Well, as I said, I've got six lists already, but yeah. I'll just tell you some <laughs> of my favorite go-tos that I, that I put on my first list. Uh, I have never been sorry about recommending Danny Kaye's The Court Jester to people. I have never had anything but rave reviews from anybody who's ever seen it. That is a movie that has everything. It has got action. It has got a very exciting story. It has got one of the great sword fights in the history of movies with Basil Rathbone, uh, of course, the same guy who fought with Errol Flynn in The Adventures Mm -hmm. of Robin Hood, another great film to watch with the family. Uh, And uh, it is extremely funny. It's got music and it's got romance and very unusually for its time, it's got a heroine who is strong and brave and capable and he loves her for all those things. And, you know, people remember. Uh, the scene about the vessel with the pestle is being one of the funniest scenes of all time. But to me, the sword fight scene is every bit <laughs> as good. And so The Court Jester is one I really recommend. Another one, I have this whole category that I call flu movies.
0: Oh, I like that.
1: Okay. You need so those. <laughs> you need those. And my absolute go-to flu movie is Galaxy Quest. Uh,
0: hilarious oh my yes. gosh yes
1: one of the funniest movies of all time unbelievable yep. people in it alan rickman
0: sigourney Tony
1: shalhoub sigourney weaver who is hilarious yeah.
0: sam rockwell
1: uh, sam rockwell one of his early oh. roles uh it is uh and of course tim allen uh yeah. and uh, justin long one of his early roles and there's a wonderful documentary about the making of it that has recently come out you can get on amazon prime called never surrender definitely worthwhile and to me the ideal double feature would be galaxy quest and the documentary trekkies
0: i have not seen that
1: you will love it so that's, that's another good one another one i recommend for families is national velvet with elizabeth taylor love that movie I love that movie, too. It's one of my absolute favorite movies. And of all the mothers, all the wonderful mothers in the history of movies, Anne Revere, who is the all-time great movie mom. She's in three classic movies as the mother. She's in Gentleman's Agreement and Body and Soul and National Velvet. And do you know that Mm -hmm. she's a descendant of Paul Revere, which I thought was very cool? No
0: way. Oh, so it's not just a a coincidence.
1: Not just a name, No. So anyway, she is she is the greatest mother in movies when she sits down and talks to Elizabeth Taylor about how everyone should have a dream. It's just so beautiful. And it's a very exciting story. And Mickey Rooney is so good in it. Everybody is so great. And uh, the very young Angela Lansbury as her sister. So those are Mm. those are some of the family movies that I've recommended.
0: Those are all good ones. So because you love TCM, I'm guessing that's probably your go-to channel. What is your favorite streaming channel? Is it the Watch TCM (laughs) app? Or what do you like to go to?
1: Yeah, definitely when I turn on the TV, if I don't have something particular in mind that I'm planning to watch, I will always start with TCM and see what's on there. And I saw a really nutty uh, film on TCM uh, about a week ago, which I'll tell you about with Humphrey Bogart called – and it all came true. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's nuts. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> yeah, TCM is definitely my favorite. And I have to say, uh, I'm a little embarrassed. But the truth is, I love all the streaming services. I love Amazon Prime. Uh, yep. I, I, you know, Mrs. Maisel. Love it. Love uh Hulu. Good show. Yeah. Love
0: Hulu, Hulu, yes.
1: Love Netflix. Um, I have signed up for Quibi. And I'm still having fun exploring Quibi. You know, one thing that I think is wonderful is that Quibi was originally going to give you two free weeks when it when it when it first came operational this week, and because of the virus, they're giving away 90 days. So it wow. really, I know it's it's you'd be crazy not to take advantage of that and take a look at all they have to offer because they have so much money. They have brought in just some of the biggest names in the world and some of the things are going to work and some of them aren't, but it's really an interesting experiment. And so uh, the only thing I have not signed up for yet is Apple TV plus, but they're kind of getting to me because they looks like some of that programming looks great. What's your favorite streaming service?
0: Probably Criterion channel. Yeah. But I'm, I'm a member of way too many. Yeah. I, I haven't signed up for Queeby. I don't know much about it, but Signed up for Boy. Like, Hulu, Amazon, just pretty much on all yeah. of the different streaming services. Stars, yeah, yeah. too many. Yeah, I, <laughs> I,
1: me too. All of them. Um, all of them. I consider it a business expense.
0: Pretty much exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you never know what you're in the mood for, and they always offer really good deals. Like, you yes. know, three months for. 15 bucks or some crazy amount. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good.
1: I did, I did CBS all access for a while and I just wasn't watching it enough. So I turned it off, but I would definitely turn it back on again. If something really good came on.
0: Yeah, I'm waiting for a few episodes before I sign back up, because The Good Fight came yes, back. Yes, I I, like and, and
1: it sounds very intriguing what they're doing with it, but yeah, it is it is really fun, and I'm, I'm having fun. So this crazy movie with Humphrey Bogart, It All Came yes. True, is so nuts. It has Anne Sheridan in it, and... Humphrey Bogart is, it's a little bit like one of my favorite movies of all time, ball of fire with Barbara Sandwick. Lo- one, Love of my that movie. one of my yes. absolute favorites. Uh, okay. It's like a bad version of that, except that Humphrey Bogart is great. Humphrey Bogart is a gangster who needs to hide out and he goes to hide out in a boarding house run by Ann Sheridan's mother and somebody else's mother. And, uh, so he's hiding out there, and they decide that they're going to turn it into a nightclub, and they put on other than the main stars the worst i it's not intended to be the worst. It's not like best okay. in show or something like that or yeah. you know waiting for government they the I think producers. they're supposed to be entertaining. <laughs> I think it's supposed yeah. to be entertaining, but they're the worst the worst acts imaginable. I can't imagine where it all came from, but Humphrey Bogart, he seems to be in his own movie playing the gangster. And then around him is kind of this light quirky comedy. And uh, that was, (laughs) that was extremely strange. Oh, another movie that I watched on Turner classic movies, which I had seen before. And I love, but is completely bananas is female with Ruth Chatterton. I have not seen that. Okay. You have seen immediately. So it's, so you you do have TCM streaming, right? Yes. Okay. Uh It's on there because it was so crazy. I told my husband about it and he said he wanted to see it. So I actually ended up watching it twice in one day. It's only an hour long, but it's okay. a pre, it's a pre-code film. Love Ruth, pre-code. I love <laughs> pre-code. I've, I've co-hosted three pre-code series uh, here in Washington wow. and that were super fun. So uh, yeah. So uh, Ruth Chatterton plays the CEO of an automobile company and she's like okay. total alpha, CEO, you know, you do this, you do that. Why is everybody such an idiot? At one point she <laughs> says to her lawyer, what does ethics have to do with it? This is business. I mean, she's just, she's a total barracuda. <laughs> so, and she has this practice of basically picking out the hunkiest guy is the factory Sleeping with him and then sending him to their other plant in Montana or someplace the next day. Okay. So, so she's the guy. No, she's the guy, right? She's the guy. But here's my favorite part: her house is bananas. So the outside of the house is a real house designed by Frank Lloyd Wright. The inside is obviously a set, but the entryway is like cathedral ceilings with this huge unsupported circular staircase that would immediately fall down if anybody walked up. Okay, But my favorite thing is that halfway up the wall, there's a little platform where her personal organ player sits and plays the (laughs) organ. And she also has a fully staffed massage room in the house, which I think we all need to have.
0: Yeah, that's
1: just, you know, something everyone needs. Everybody needs. So eventually she meets George Brent, and I think you can guess where it goes from there. Yeah. yeah. What
0: I love about pre-code is you could be watching a comedy, yeah. and then it turns suddenly dark, and then it becomes like a totally different movie by the end. Yeah. You never know you where never, they're going. You
1: never know yeah. where they're going, and and uh and you know all these things that we think we just invented in like the recent times, it turns out yeah. they have they they had them all back then,
0: and they had the same thoughts and feelings. Everyone wants to think we're the generation that thinks about all these things. No. Right. No, and I
1: also watched X Lady with uh, Betty Davis, which she said was one of her worst films. But where really? she's where yeah, where she's well, I don't think she liked the way she looked in it maybe because she's very blonde, but she played a very independent woman who is living with her boyfriend and does not want to get married. And mm-hmm. uh so yeah, that that
0: was pre-code. Yeah. That sounds familiar. I'm not placing it right away, but I think I might have seen that one. But I just love those pre-codes. Yeah. So I was going to ask you critic to critic, what do you Mm. find the hardest reviews to write? Do you think it's pieces on a bad movie, a mixed opinion, or a film you love? Definitely a film I love. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because I learned very quickly that there is an almost infinite vocabulary of words to describe things that are not good. But for things that are good, there are only about six or seven words. They're really, you know, you can, and you want to be very specific and you want to be very descriptive and you want to be very vivid, but Mm -hmm. so you don't want to use words like fantastic or wonderful. Yeah. But there is not a lot of, Choice and what you could say, and I find myself overusing words, and it bothers me, like endearing or enchanting, yeah. uh, and that and those don't seem specific enough to me. Um, but so I find it much harder to review a good movie. The more I like it, the harder it is to write about.
0: No, I think that's a really good point. I always think the most interesting ones or. Are- the ones I latch on and just go right through are the mixed opinion ones. Yeah. I have no problem, like, firing those out. It's the extreme ends that always throw me for exactly the same reason. I'll open up the, the thesaurus and just think, oh, I'm being a cliche here. I got to change okay. that. Or, or you just don't want to be you know gushing too much so it, it's interesting yeah it is and also the
1: more you like a movie i'm always very very sensitive about spoilers yeah. although somebody just said something to me about a spoiler and i said you know the book is 100 years old i don't think it really counts as a, it was about no. call, of, call of the wild i said the book oh, is yeah. literally 100 years old i can't think that that it's that spoilery and it, I really, even with that, I didn't reveal, like, who lives or who dies or anything, you know, mm-hmm. anything really major. Uh, but I was trying to convey in my review of The Call of the Wild that there were several different segments that the dog was living with several different kinds of – and I was so I, you know, had to explain that anyway. Uh, so I'm very sensitive about spoilers, but you want to be especially sensitive about that if you really like the movie because you want the person to have the pleasure that mm-hmm. you had in – going in and knowing nothing about
0: it. That's a really great point. Well, as an editor at RogerEbert.com, what advice can you offer aspiring film writers or just other journalists in general, anyone listening? Uh, You
1: know, the most important thing is to be a good writer. Um, Everybody's got opinions. Opinions are great. Um, I'm sure that Anybody that wants to write about film has seen a lot of films. I hope he's he or she has seen films from before 1980, uh, to, to get some idea of, uh, of, You know, context and and history and all that. So it's important to know a lot about movies. And I always say, you know, start with the AFI 100 lists and Mm -hmm. go through all of those and look at Criterion movies and all that. So it's important to know a lot about movies. But the number one most important thing is to be a good writer, because first of all, if you're not a good writer, nobody will pay you to write And presumably that's your goal. If you're not a good writer, no one will read what you write. And the example that I always give is that there was an out-of-work recent PhD who really didn't have anything to do, so she started writing movie reviews online. And within six months, she was hired by the New York Times, and then she's now Slate's uh, critic, Dana Stevens, it's mm-hmm. like a note in a bottle. That's what's wonderful about it is that it's a totally open system. All you have to do is be great. But you have to remember, particularly if you're writing online, I always say you have to shahrazad it up. You know, you have to remember that you are fighting with the rest of the Internet for somebody's yes. attention. And so you have got to hold them from one sentence to the next. You have really got to make them have a reason where they can't wait to find out what the next thing is that you're going to say and that's part of being a good writer too so the number one thing is work on your writing
0: mm-hmm. No that's excellent advice I didn't know that about Dana Stevens background mm-hmm. yeah I, love
1: I that. Wow. I, yeah and I love her writing and I yeah. I read her when she was writing her very first reviews I don't remember how I came across her but she had a website called the high sign and that's still her. Yes. Twitter Uh, handle, Twitter handle. Yes. And uh, and I still remember um, it was a Lars von Trier movie and I read her review and I went, wow, this is an amazing, uh, amazing take on the film. It's so interesting. And, uh, you know, as I said, uh, it didn't take long for her to be discovered.
0: The rest is history. That's right. Shout out to Dana. No, she's great. She is great. I can't wait to read. She's got a book coming out on
1: one of my all-time favorites, Buster Keaton, and I'm so excited to, to read that.
0: That'll be really good. Well, I really enjoyed your book, 101 oh, you. Movie Moments, because it made film studies accessible. And I think it's one I would recommend to new or budding film lovers, especially since you point out these little moments that either challenge our beliefs, reveal something about a character, that we didn't expect or foreshadow things to come. What gave you the idea to come up with that book? Oh, what a great question, thank you, Jen. Uh,
1: Honestly, what gave me the idea was that there's a movie that is not very good, that no one remembers, but that had one hilarious scene in it that I really loved and I always wanted to write about that. And the movie is not uh, available on DVD or streaming. Mm-hmm. I fortunately live in Washington, DC, so I have the great luxury. I just walked into the Library of Congress and asked them to get it for me, and they did. Wow, you can do that with any movie. And Are I'll you tell serious? you yeah, I'll tell you a crazy story after this one. So uh, nobody had ever checked the movie out. Nobody had looked at it since it came out in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. And they just put it on a reel to reel. and ran it for me they came out with their white gloves amazing isn't that great yeah yeah it's wow. telling you your tax dollars at work it's the best so i so i i watched the movie again and sure enough it's not very good but it does have this one great scene and so uh i said you know what? There are a lot of other little tiny moments in movies that either illuminate a bigger theme about the way movies are put together, about the way, say, for example, movies show the passage of time, yep. the, the what I call the DBTA character, dead by third act, the person yes. whose job <laughs> is to die so the main character can have a learning experience, of which the classic example is Goose and Top Gun.
0: You bet. Yeah.
1: Yep. And uh, and I said I, I can – I can come up with a hundred and one of those and, and give me a chance to talk about some of the things that I really love. So they're either, um, great moments in not so great movies or neglected moments. A lot of movies are really great, but sometimes people are so busy enjoying this great part over here that they, you know, they don't know the other part. So, yeah. So it just gave me a chance to talk about a lot of things that I wanted to talk about. And, um, and I had a lot of fun writing it. But the other experience I had, I've done this a couple of times at the Library of Congress. I read a, an article, was in the L.A. Times by Michael Hiltzik, and he said, here are some great movies that have never been available on DVD. Okay. And he had a list, and uh, some of them I, I knew, I I had seen, but there was one that I was tremendously intrigued by, because one of my favorite Filmmakers, and I will bet one of your favorites, is Preston Sturgis.
0: Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Okay. So he had a a Preston Sturgis movie I had never heard of, which had a wonderful title, uh, Hotel Haywire. Does that sound good? Great
0: title. Great title.
1: So I went to the Library of Congress, and uh, they have a special room that is just for film and books about film. And, uh, the, most of the movies are actually stored elsewhere. So you have mm-hmm. to, you have to go, come back. Uh, but okay, that's fine. I suppose I could have called them and asked them to get it for <laughs> me, but I like going in there. I like going oh, to the library. Yeah. I live here, so I might as well. So I went in and I said, I understand that you, that there's this Preston Sturgis film that has never been available. Can you get it for me? And they said, Yes. Uh, Is Thursday okay? I said, yes, I will come back (laughs) and watch it. And I did. And I, because I was there, I was able to look up and find out a little bit of information about it. He wrote it. He did not direct it. Okay. And it's a real sort of door-slamming farce, as you can tell from the title. It ends up where they're all in the same hotel and different
0: rooms. I love those, yeah.
1: (laughs) And um, it's not an entirely successful movie, but there are lines of dialogue that could not have been written by anybody else. And I had a lot of fun watching it. And I don't think anybody has seen it in many, many, many years. That is
0: amazing. I was at the Library of Congress back in 1997. I won a an award from the scholastic art and writing awards oh. I wrote a screenplay and so we were able to go to DC and I read at the library of congress oh. and then we had to go to another thing i mean that was amazing but i always wanted to go explore the library of congress so i need it, to come back it is the be- definitely it is yeah. the best it is absolutely
1: the most exciting wonderful great place and if you want to i mean with there not every room Makes this available, but in the film room anybody can just walk in.
0: I love that. I yeah. had no idea you didn't need credentials or. You need to get a of...
1: library card, but it only takes about 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Wow,
0: that's really good. Mm-hmm. So, what is your when you're watching a movie? Probably can't do this at the Library of Congress, but what is your favorite movie snack?
1: <laughs> you're right. No, <Nope>. yeah. <laughs> can't not, do that. Not. bring <laughs> out the white right gloves. Yeah. Uh, my favorite movie Zach, I'm old school popcorn.
0: Do you have any special like salt butter or <laughs> caramel or cheese or well, anything? Well, I like
1: uh, I, I I like real popcorn. You know, which you it's hard to get in movie theater, yeah. uh, but at home that's what I have. I, you know, I have if I'm going to watch the Oscars or something, I will make a big bowl of popcorn.
0: Oh, that's always fun. So you've been watching a lot of comfort movies. You said. Mm-hmm. What are your like go-to movies? Your favorite? Do you have a favorite few? Well, my all-time favorite
1: movie is uh, The Philadelphia Story. Uh I really love that movie. One of my
0: favorites. Yes.
1: And I like that whole category that the um Professor Stanley Cavell called the comedies of remarriage. So that <laughs>
0: I read that article. Um, he also, didn't he write a book on it? I yeah, think it might be on pursuit my shelf. Of happiness. Yes.
1: Yeah. It's yes. a great book. And so, and his, uh, you know, so that includes uh, his girl Friday, uh, the lady Eve. It's Yeah. The awful yeah. truth. Exactly. And I think there's something very compelling about that idea. I mean, anybody can fall in love with somebody that you don't really know, mm-hmm. but to fall in love with someone that you've seen at their worst, Yeah. Like um, C.K. Dexter Haven and Tracy. (laughs) Um, That's that's pretty romantic. And uh, and so I like that a lot. Um, Pretty much anything with Cary Grant. In fact, when I was pregnant with our first child, my son, Ben, uh, we were at the doctor and the doctor said uh, the baby will recognize your voice from hearing it in utero. And my husband said, well, then he's going to recognize Cary Grant's voice, too, because she (laughs) watches a lot of old movies. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, so um, uh, pretty much anything with Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn, uh, the Thin Man movies, the greatest movie series ever about marriage. Uh, And, uh, you know, that's uh, so I, I love those and I love musicals. Me too. Uh, bells are ringing, music man.
0: Yep. So, They're just so much fun. Uh, so I have to ask, did Ben gravitate towards Cary Grant then, or <laughs> <laughs> he, used joke, he used to joke about that if he okay.
1: in the room and when he was a teenager and uh, you know I was watching a Cary Grant movie, and say. Somehow when I hear that voice, I just feel so warm and comfortable. (laughs) I love that. Actually, my daughter, who gravitated toward movies, uh, my daughter is a costume designer in Hollywood.
0: Wow. Very cool.
1: And she's engaged to a screenwriter.
0: So you passed it on down the generation. I like that. Very cool. I'm sure you got them into movies growing up. And yeah, that was actually how I wrote the movie mom's book, because I
1: would say to the kids, you know, some moms can take you skiing and some moms can do craft projects. And I'm not really that mom, but <laughs> I and I can put on a film festival for you. And my son would say I remember this is one of my great triumphs. My son. One day said he wanted to see a movie that had boxing in it and my daughter said she wanted to see a movie that had that was this musical and I got it's always fair, always fair weather
0: that is perfect <laughs> <laughs> love that yeah I love yeah. the
1: can lid dance
0: oh it's so good that yeah. movie is just so exciting experimental yeah. Yeah. I wrote a whole thing on Gene Kelly last summer and I, I loved revisiting it because it had been so long.
1: And the yeah. Roller skate dance number yes. and and um you know it's great to see Michael Kidd uh on screen, uh because of course he choreographed so many wonderful dances and Seven Brides or Seven Brothers and and uh, sure. to see him dancing.
0: Yeah, the the thing I loved in it that I didn't remember was them running down the street like full blast. It was after they had their drunken night. And I was thinking about, it just seemed like it might've inspired West side story a little bit, the same spirit running towards the camera and energy. Yeah, definitely.
1: I I don't know how I feel about a remake of West side story.
0: I don't either. It's like, why mess with that?
1: Such an it's, it's so much of its time. Yes. You know, if you are going to try to do it modern day, which I think they are to have them talk about whether they're going to have. You know, they have a rumble. Are they going to do Are they going to, do, you know, have knives or not? You know, are you kidding yeah. me? They're, you know, so and to cell phones, I just can't. I I don't know how it's going to work. Yeah. I have a lot of, I don't know, Steven Spielberg, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, is it going to be like a Gossip Girl West Side Story where they're all oh. looking at their cell phones? No. <laughs> I mean, I, I trust telephone. Tony Kushner, and I trust, but, yeah, I'm a little worried.
1: I'm a little worried, especially because the the version that's on Broadway right now has had very mixed reviews.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Uh-oh. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. We'll have to see. <laughs> Yeah. Well, this was so much fun. I really love talking to you and thank you for sharing your wisdom. I always learn when I interact with you on Twitter and now here. So thank you so much, Nell. I really appreciate this. I
1: admire your work very much and it was really an honor to be invited and I hope you will have me back sometime. I would do it anytime.
0: Thank you. Of course, you're welcome back anytime. (laughs) Thank you so much. You have a good rest of your day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. This is Jen Johans at FilmIntuition.com or Film Intuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch with Jen and Friends.